The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. But Michael from Bonanza has texted in, wanting to know who will lead the Hogs, which running back will lead the Hogs in rushing and in touchdowns this season. He says Rocket will lead in yards and Dominique Johnson will lead in touchdowns. Here's what I will say. Okay? And I like their running backs. But the only way that Arkansas is going to get where you want them to go, which is the 9 or 10 win plateau, your leading rusher and your leading rushing touchdown person has to be no one else other than K.J. Jefferson. Now, they're not going to run him that much because they're scared and they're, they're running it out of a scarcity mentality and not a mentality of abundance. We have one of the most powerful weapons in the league, but we're scared he's going to get hurt, so we're not going to utilize him all the way. So that's what's going to keep you from getting to 10 wins. But if they, let's say everything is equal, and the choke chain is off, and they're going to use him as the weapon he is, he'd be your leading rusher, Zach, and I think he'd be your leader in rushing touchdowns, and this team could probably get up towards the 10-win plateau. But I, I think they'll be way too conservative in the game plans, and I don't think that they will get to 10 wins this year. That's my thought. All right, so I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a leading ground gainer last year with 664. Right. Uh, he did not lead the team in t- rushing touchdowns. That belonged to Dominique Johnson. Right. There right. is no way on God's green earth K.J. Jefferson's <laughs> leading rusher on this team. I know. No That's chance. why they're not winning 10, because they're scared. They, they, they manage his reps in a game out of fear and not out of, we got the baddest dude on this field right now. They don't manage him that way. He, I don't know if they're scared. I mean, obviously there is a concern for him taking shots. However, his role this year, his greatest contribution to the running game may be the threat that at any moment he can take off and run. So, I mean, they've got three able-bodied running backs in Sanders, Johnson, and Green. Three guys that you know all gained uh, over 200 yards, over 225 yards last year, all found the end zone. All young guys, you can split the carries up between those guys. The idea or the threat that uh, K.J. Jefferson can take off and go, you know, you're going to run design runs for him and, and that sort of thing. That will free, I mean, you've got, the defense has to account for him on every play. You've got to have a hat watching him every single every single play because at any moment he can pull the ball down and run. So that will be his his greatest if he, you know, the, the touchdown thing, they need. If you're going to use him, use him like they, like Florida used Tebow, down in the goal line. I mean, you're not stopping a 240 pound guy with a full head of steam, just coming straight at you. You're not going to stop him. You worry about the the wear and tear, and how does that affect his uh, his passing? I mean, he ran the ball 146 times last year. That was by far the most carries on the football team. And it doesn't break it down, you know, what was scheduled and what was you know just improvised type runs. But I mean, he averaged four and a half yards a carry. So. Eh. I don't know. I, I think he's. I think they 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 would be better off not running him at least early on because I think they can get by early on. But the back oh, half it, of that schedule, they need him to be. He need they need him to be the threat that he is. Well, I mean, and and I under, I'm not saying that. Let, let me add some nuance to this. 
because I know over the course of 12 games that, but if if you are what you say you are, which is we think we're a threat to win 10 games in the in the league games that matter, he's got to be he's the best player you have on the field by far on offense. So you've got to have more snaps where he's making plays than snaps. You can't have 20, 25 snaps where he's handing the but ball to someone else. What you need the ball in his hands. It's like a, it's yes. like a good shooter. you got to have the ball in his hands. I, yes. And I get that. I, I absolutely get that. But there are going to be games this year where their offensive line is going to be able to take over. And they're just going to be able to hand the ball to you know that running back, that three-headed monster at running back. And they'll be able to hand it to him you know, 60 times in a game if they wanted to. Because they'll just be that physically dominant. Those are the I, I agree. You need them at games against Alabama and LSU. When you're getting into the meat of that schedule, especially in the back half, probably starting with right after the uh, the bye, you need. I mean, you're going to need him to be at his absolute best. What's that three game stretch that includes Alabama? That's A and M, Alabama, and who? A and M, Alabama at Mississippi State, and then BYU. Okay, that four game stretch. Three of the four not at not at home. That four game stretch. I mean, he's got to be. Everything you everything you think he is, he needs to be that. And well, the only way you have a chance to beat Alabama is if he has fingerprints all over the game. Yeah, offensively, like that. That's it. Like there's not there's not a he's the he's the best player on the field. He's got to be involved mm-hmm. and not just handing the ball to other people. Well, that's oh, the oh, wait, I, now now but let's let's roll that back a little bit. If he's if you're able to line up under center and just hand the ball off and run the ball at will, you're doing some really good things, and you don't need him. There are going to be games where you don't need him to do anything. Like Missouri State. Missouri State. They will push them around. Liberty is probably but one of those Alabama, games. Mm-hmm. he's the best player on the sure. field. He's got to have his fingerprints all over that game if they have any shot. And I don't know if they do. But if they if they are what they claim to be, or let me rephrase that, because they haven't really claimed the 10-win mark. I know KJ said it in the uh, – in or uh, one of the players at Media Days mentioned it. But – Realistically, they've been kind of hedging expectations. I mean, I've seen interviews with the AD and with Pittman, and they, they've been talking about pride and toughness and all these sorts of things. You talk about when you're kind of expecting not an 11-win season. So they've been kind of backing off that. But if they are what the fans expect them to be, then he's got to be involved in everything because he's the best player on the field. I mean, last year mm. they got where they were because – the best player on the field was involved a lot. That would be Traylon Burks. Yeah, he was involved he was. a lot. There's not a shortcut here. There's not a shortcut here. If you want to be where you think they ought to go, you, you can't. There's not a way to. You can't manage KJ Jefferson like George will. You, you can't do it that way. You've got to let it. You've got to turn him loose. All right, especially lot, in the big game. We're getting a lot of texts about Hornsby, and Hornsby is going to be interesting because okay, with Malik Hornsby. Do you, if you bring him onto the field, do you bring KJ off? For, first question. I mean, you were talking about you know Hornsby running the football here's, and all this. Here's the problem with with that is it can't be predictable. And every scenario that has been laid out that I've heard to get Hornsby involved sounds very predictable. <laughs> well, okay. you can't so, do it that so way. So look at it from a defensive coordinator standpoint. You've got a guy in Hornsby who is not a part of your regular offense. He's your backup quarterback. He comes out onto the field. What's the first thing the defense is going? Alert, alert, alert. Exactly. Guess what? Chances are they will have somebody sitting there. They will have a plan for Malik Hornsby. So you have to make him a regular part of your offense to make this work. So he can be fast. That's great. Guys on the other side of the field are fast too. If he's simply going to be you know, a, a package player and a player that, I mean, like last year, every time they brought him in, it was one of those quarterback runs. It just you got to have a plan for him, and he's got to be part of your offense. I mean, even McFadden threw the ball in the Wildcat every now and then. He had to because everybody knew when he went back there, it's a run. That's why, by the way, that's why the Wildcat died a quick death in the National Football League is because eventually, you know, when the Jets put Tebow back there or whoever it was, everybody, oh, it's, it's, run, it's, a, it's a run to the right. You could be Tony Romo. You don't have to be Tony well, Romo to figure the, that the out. The Ravens destroyed the Wildcat in the zone read in the NFL by attacking the mesh point, and that was one of those things. Even Kaepernick couldn't get out of it, right. and Kaepernick was a hell of a, a zone read guy. But if you're, if you're, my point is this, is if you're going to bring Hornsby in, and he's simply going to be a situational guy for you, 
every time he comes on the field, they're going to have a game plan for him. And the more that you trot him out there, the more information that you give a defense and more more things you put on film, the better they're going to be able to defend it. So it, you've got to have Malik Hornsby as part of your regular package. If he's not going to be one of your top four receivers, I think you're wasting your time. Hmm. Yeah. I love their running back room. I don't think I'm, – I'm a little different than you. I don't think you have to run KJ as much as you think. I think when you run him is really important. How you run him is really important. You want him out – I don't think you want him going straight up the middle this year because you don't have a backup quarterback that's proven. Outside the numbers where he can get down or get out of bounds, get your five yards. He's a third down run threat to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want him sitting back there on, on first time running quarterback power. To me, that's dangerous. If you can have him, you know, if you're, you know, third and four, he can get you five on his own read. That's perfect. Get out of bounds, flip the ball to the ref, and let's go play again. Yeah. Their running back room's good enough to run the football. Those three guys, uh, Green, Johnson, and Sanders, those three guys should get you eighteen hundred yards, yeah. minimum. And then you throw in another, you know, five hundred from KJ. I mean, you're up over two thousand yards rushing. That's pretty good. And you're you're talking about over two hundred yards a game. That takes the pressure off KJ throwing the football. And I know everybody's all excited about Hazelwood. I still want to see him do it. I mean, this is a guy with 60 career catches. Yeah. I just want to see him do it. I know he's a yeah. five-star and everybody's well, people, all excited, but I, you got to do it. He, he has never lived up to the um, expectations placed upon him. And people are under the assumption, well, this is the time that that's going to happen. That's what people think. I don't know if it's right or not. Obviously, that will play itself out throughout the year, but you're asking, I just want you to understand the ask, the expectation that you have on Hazelwood, okay? This is a kid who's never lived up to expectations, and this is the place that's going to fix it and turn it around. That's what your expectation is. I just want you to understand that. Because I know everybody thinks everybody who transfers from a Power 5 school is an automatic you know, 12-star when they, when they get here, but... That's what your expectation is. And maybe he will be. Maybe he'll have 1,000 yards receiving this year. Great. But your expectation is not aligned with anything he has done in his college career. This is That's a, what your expectation this is, is. This is an interesting text. So we're, when we were talking about Hornsby, text of the 870 says, use him like Debo Samuel with the 49ers. Let me, let me change your trajectory a little bit. Hazelwood is the one you use like Debo. No. You get him the ball in space. You get it to him quickly. And just let him use his natural athletic ability. Don't make him run deep routes. Don't make KJ sit back there. You get remember, you're breaking in a new left tackle. And trust me, defensive coordinators are going to attack Luke Jones. They're going to make him think on his feet. They're going to put their best D ends on him, and they're going to make him work. Don't make KJ sit back there and read a bunch of stuff until everybody's comfortable. The ball out fast. Pitch it however you got to get it to Hazelwood in space. Do it. And by the way, uh, another uh, texter brought this up that um, in. The SEC, they play real defense in the secondary. So it is um, it is more difficult to get open in this league than in the Big 12. Because the Big 12, you know, defense is a rumor in <laughs> the Big 12. Some teams play defense. Yeah. So, well, the team that he was on plays defense. Plays defense. Yeah. The problem is that uh, that's not the team he, uh, he, he faced. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be... Um, it, that's going to be one of the most fascinating things to watch play out is does he do what the experts on the recruiting uh, trail expected him? To, does it finally all come together? I don't know. We're, it'd, we're be, getting, it'd be a cool thing if we're it getting did. some text about Trey Knox. Here's the thing about I like Trey Knox. I think Trey, Trey Knox. I think he's going to be so perfectly utilized because he's the safety net for uh, for KJ. When okay, so, so here's the thing with Trey a Knox. Bunch of he played five games at, at tight end. He had mixed results. There were games where he got shut out. A couple of games where he he played okay. Can he block? Can you can you use him as an inline tight end to block? And don't anybody send me a text saying yes he can because none of you have seen it. Can he block? He's a wide receiver by trade. There's a learning curve that goes with the tight end. The tight end on on the offense is among the skill positions. Tight end is one of the hardest positions to play because you have your part wide receiver, your part offensive lineman, and the way that. Kendall Bryles uses his tight ends, especially in the run game. If you're going to leave him out there, he I, can't be a one-down guy. I think I think he'll I think he'll uh, adapt to it. I think well. he's fine in the passing game. I think he's he's perfect in the passing game. But in the running game, if you can't block that outside guy, you can't run outside zone, which is but, what they like to run. But I, I think with Trey Knox, though, 
like he never struck me when he was receiver as one of those diva receivers no, that was no, no, worried no. about getting getting their nails damaged when they were blocking. He seems like a tough kid. Big difference. So I think he'll be fine at this. Big difference blocking a corner versus a defensive end. Big difference. No, that's true. Big physical true. difference. But he's bulked up too. So they like to run side. They run that outside zone a lot. And if you can't hook the defensive end with your tight end, you're in trouble. Eight six six two eight five four zero zero five is the phone number. Camp starts on Friday. There's a game in four and a half weeks, or thereabouts. Right? I think that's about right. Yeah. Cincinnati still a touchdown spread on that. By the way. Very intriguing. The first game is intriguing, but it's really intriguing when you play a real program. And not and they are. And not roast beef tech like they played for many years in the opener. I think it's great. I think the fans win. I think we all win. But they're playing a real team and a real program in the opener. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the National Football League, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm very impressed with the small market San Diego Padres who can't compete with the big market L.A. Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and all the big market teams. They went out and traded their top 11 picks today. Their prospects. The top 11. Their entire farm system's wiped out. Right. Yeah. They're going for it. But think of it. They're going for it. Machado's 29. He's your third baseman. Tatis is like 24. Mm -hmm. Soto's 23. Mm -hmm. That's a... Dangerous three four five, yeah, that'll work. That will do in most leagues. That'll work. That will do. Now they did, they and they're sh- about to outlaw the shift, so everybody's and, gonna get and, more and hits. Josh Bell, I oh. I love Josh Bell, but they got rid of Luke Voigt, who they brought in no. to play first base, and they got rid of Hosmer, who was their primary DH. They ship those two off. Man, so they add Josh Hader. What are they doing out there? Well, I don't know. They're they're going for it. That's <sighs> what they're doing. So I uh, you know, it, it, I've really been intrigued. Um, with with the Cardinals and Cardinal fans here. And I have like a, a, a deal here because there's a lot of people that claim to be Cardinal fans that I don't know if they are Cardinal fans because here is, I believe, and I could be wrong, this is my opinion though, my opinion on the thing that determines whether you're a fan or not. And that is, have you ever been legitimately mad? We have lots of Razorback fans who listen to this show. I know how you know how I know there's Razorback fans out there because when they lose, y'all are pissed. You're a fan. You're a fan. If you evoke an emotional reaction when they win or they lose, you're a fan. A lot of Cardinal fans, though, that I see, they evoke an emotional reaction when they win, but when they lose, it's like, oh, oh well. Okay. That's not a fan. Okay. That's not a fan. Now, baseball is different because of the time and the number of games. You lose a a Tuesday nighter in in May. No, you're not going to get mad. I understand that. You're probably, if they, I can't remember the last time the Cardinals went to the World Series and lost. When Matheny is flopping around at the Uh end of this career, no one was mad. They were just kind of shrugging their shoulders like, eh, oh, well, whatever. But they They don't do anything today at the deadline. Yes. And people are just like, you still got time. You still got time. Whatever. Like, I don't think that. Like I understand, you know, on a on a typical May Wednesday night, you're not going to be pissed that they lose. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. But this, this franchise has not been among the elites in a good four, five, six years, and it doesn't seem to bother anybody. That's a Cardinal fan. If this were in New York or in Chicago or Boston, Boston. no one would stand for it. No one would stand for it. They'd want everybody gone. But here it's different, and I just I don't I think there's a lot of posers out there. I really do. Uh, I think uh, they are. I think uh, they think they're a fan, but they're not actually a fan because they're not pissed. Baseball's baseball is just a different dynamic. Yes, you can be upset that you didn't do anything at the at the deadline, but Cardinals are one game out of the wild card at the moment. 
Football is different because it is condensed into a three-month window. This the way that the division their division is terrible. It's brutally the, bad. The Cardinals should be able to, on reputation alone, they should be able to build one of these teams that's winning that division by thirteen games, and they don't do it. They're as you said, they're they're in the wild card. They haven't won the series in eleven years. Haven't won the NL in 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 uh, nine. When did they, when, Wait a minute. When was the last time the World Series won the World Series? They won it in eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yeah. And they, they lost went in, in 13 they and went lost. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still pitching to David Ortiz. Right. right. They, it, it's like you're not as elite as you think you are. And yet nobody seems to want to like say anything I about mean, it. No, now, I know Cardinal fans. And if I mention David Ortiz and the 2013 World Series, they turn red. Okay. That's a real fan. That, they, they will get That's mad a real about fan. David Ortiz. That's a real fan. Cardinals. I can't, we're doing a lot of baseball here, and I love this part of it. Well, I, trade deadline is one of my favorite days. The Cardinals are okay on offense. They needed to add Quintana. Mate, I mean, that's a guy that's a decent They haven't pitcher. had a bullpen in about a that, decade. That, that is, is the problem. deal. Yeah. That's a problem. They can hit the baseball. I know you hate the the pool host trade, but you know, put him at DH, pitch him, right. you know, hit him against lefties, he's fine. Like, okay, so the Yankees are a favorite for the World Series. The Cardinals should be right. You know, The last few years, the Yankees have flopped around. And people got mad, and they wanted Aaron Boone fired and all this. None of this happened. I don't hear this okay. emotion when the Cardinals are kind you, of flopping around. Let me give you a correlation. Okay. I, heard, I took a friend of mine up to Notre Dame to watch a game about 15 years ago. And we're sitting there in the stadium, and they're playing Michigan. I mean, it's a big game. And we, we were sitting there, we were talking about the difference between like an SEC crowd and a Big Ten crowd. An SEC crowd is proactive. That's what the Yankees are. That's what the Red Sox are. That's what the Padres have become, what the Dodgers are. Big Ten crowd's very reactive. You do something, they cheer. That's what the Cardinals are. The Cardinals are more reactive. I, You know what? They, they were talking today about you, the hang-up, apparently, was one player named Dylan Carlson. Dylan right. Carlson is a 23-year-old who is certainly going to be a nice player for the Cardinals. He's not Juan Soto. But he's also going to be far cheaper. And it may give you more flexibility to make moves in the offseason. The Cardinals don't make a ton of offseason moves. They did get Arenado. They stole him from Colorado. Right, right. No, stole they've got they've him. got the big pillars with with Goldsman and Arenado. And what's what it looks like right now is you're going to have those guys and never win the pennant. So you're going to have those guys for five, six, whatever it is, however many years, and get no. You're going to sell a lot of tickets. A lot of people are going to be excited to go see them. But are you gonna are you gonna okay. put any pennants out okay, there? So Doesn't you're, look you're like the it right GM now. GM of the Cardinals, and this deal for Juan Soto, who you you may keep. You're renting a player for a couple of months. You may not keep him, and you're willing to I, trade. I wouldn't have done the Soto deal. Okay, I'm, I'm not mad about so that. So then the question becomes: Okay, who's out there that you can realistically go get? Mm. And that becomes the problem. Soto was the prize, and the Padres were willing to roll the dice that we're going to be able to resign him, keep Tatis around him, Machado, all these great players. Cardinals weren't willing to bankrupt themselves for a rent-a-player if they weren't sure they were going to go That's all fine. in and win it. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. I just don't like this attitude that like th- people think they're close. And the impression I get from some from, from texts we've gotten here and, and just the overall impression I get is the, the plan is for the Cardinals. This is the plan. Get in the tournament and get hot. That's the plan. That's the plan. Like, that's it. Okay, well, you don't. I mean, I know the Braves did that. The Braves had some studs, though. I mean, seriously. So, I don't know. I feel like they should be. And and if you are, we're, we're getting these texts as well. If you are upset, then I'm obviously not talking about you. But it feels like there's a lot of people that have this kind of step for wives mentality. It's like, oh, everything's fine here. There's nothing wrong at all. And then your team doesn't win the pennant for eight, nine years. There, you know what I mean? There's a baseball. Again, baseball is different than football. Your window, I think, in baseball is much, much longer. The, the window but, is it's multiple years. And the Cardinals, Cardinals are not traditionally one of those really aggressive deadline deal type teams. They grow from within. If they like Carlson, they think he's going to be a guy that's going to play for him for the next five, five or six the, years. The, All right. the expectation at St. Louis should be pennants. And World Series, and they don't have either in nine years. They they've been passed. They they've certainly been passed. Yes. Look, the Braves, Phillies, and Mets have all passed them. The, the Dodgers, 
the um the and the Brewers Padres passed them for a while. The freaking that, Brewers. Now, hang on. Let's see where the Brewers end up because the Brewers just got rid of Hater and they right. and they replaced no, them, they replaced them with a guy that you know we don't know anything about. That's fair, but just to live in a world where the Brewers were better than the Cardinals that time was just like bizarro world. It just it didn't make any sense. To me. All right. Well, anyway, I. I I just I think there's a lot of I, I like I don't know a better way to describe it than that like Stepford Wives glaze over your face where everything's great all the time and you're not aware that maybe things aren't as great as they're you a good, seem they they're are. a good team I think they'll probably make the playoffs because I don't necessarily believe in the Phillies I think the Phillies are Phillies are one they of those made moves though Phillies are are, are that uh, they're, they're crazy <laughs> and they I mean they can go on a 15 game winning streak or a 15 game losing streak mm-hmm. the Cardinals are just rock solid and they're going to be right there most of the way. Now, you know, somebody pointed out that the Flaherty and Mats are on the DL. Okay, I mean, that's legit. If you think you're going to get those two guys that's back, sure. that's a yeah. huge bonus. Right. The offense is good. I love Arenado. Goldschmidt's unconscious. You know, you've got a lot of speed guys, Bader, Edmund. All those guys are good players. They don't have a whole lot of elite players. And, yeah, maybe it looks bad at the trading deadline that the Padres right. added, like, the you know, the 2029 All-Star team. JT says it well. If the plan is to make the playoffs and hopefully get hot, that's not really a plan. Hope is not a plan. We've been saying that for for quite some time. There you go, JT. But again, it comes out to, okay, who's out there that you can realistically go get? The Soto deal, they didn't want to bankrupt themselves. All right, so you got to back off of that. Who's left? Timing, This you know, the deadline has a lot to do with timing. If you get if you who nobody wants to rent a player for three months and they, they, you know, bankrupt themselves, and then what do you do? Right. It's just fascinating to me. Like I, I, uh, I make my living interacting with fans, and I know people love the Razorbacks because man, when they lose, y'all are mad, and and like, like sometimes like clinically mad. Like when baseball team was losing, you wanted to fire Van Horn, which is patently absurd, but that's what was out there. Um, so you care. That's what that's the point I'm, I'm trying to make here. Some people. And maybe baseball's done this to itself because, you know, they're just in this weird spot where they can't get out of their own way in terms of um, getting attention and, and being popular. But maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's, just, it's a bizarre thing I've observed with uh, the Cardinals and everything. All right. It is now. It's your drive home powered by Mr. Sparky here on Ruskin and Zach. It is 446 on the clock on the wall. And now would be a good time, good a time as any, to go through today's SEC report brought to you by Heartland Honda, Zachary. So we mentioned to you that uh, Auburn is overseas playing. Uh, they were playing the Israeli U-20 national team today. Well, Bruce Pearl got some good news today. Aiden Holloway is a top 30 recruit, uh, has told uh, ESPN he will be committing he chose the Tigers over Tennessee, Miami, Wake Forest. He is reclassifying. He was supposed to be a 23. He is now a 22 and will be mm. eligible next year. Top 50 center, and I'm going to try here. Yugana Kingsley Onesio uh, announced his commitment to Kentucky on Monday, choosing the Wildcats over Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Tennessee. He is a top 50 player. Uh, he is also reclassifying. So good luck with that. Uh, Kentucky got themselves yet another five-star. We mentioned earlier uh, about Arkansas's trip abroad. They're heading to Italy and Spain. They're going to start these games a week from today. So the games will be broadcast on Flow Sports. $30 is the admission. <laughs> um, uh, they'll play Valencia, Selecion, Barcelona, Toto, Estrella, Orange 1, and the Bakken Bears. And they will start Orange on the ninth. They'll play every other day. And um, and just in case you're, you're hopping on, Nick Smith's been named the uh, high school Gatorade player of the year. All right, SEC report brought to you by Heartland Honda Power Sports, Power Equipment, and Marine, all there in Springdale, your go-to place for outdoor fun. Arkansas's first Level 5 Honda Powerhouse dealership. They've got everything except automobiles there at Heartland Honda. So we're talking your Honda street bikes, your dirt bikes, Honda scooters, ATVs, and side-by-sides, generators, lawnmowers, all of it right there at Heartland Honda, plus four Red Level certified technicians with exceptional service and a vast knowledge and a lot of experience as well. They've been locally family-owned and operated since 1996, and they're real easy to find right off of uh, exit 42 off I-49 in Springdale, just north of the Cracker Barrel. HeartlandHonda.com online. Work hard. Play hard. 
Heartland Honda. Let me give you one other thing yes. about the uh, the trade deadline to think about. You mentioned the Dodgers. Mm. Just kind of sat still. They got Joey Gallo, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani is a free agent. Yes. And he is going to command a massive salary. Yes, he is. And he should. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the sport, I he think. Is. Um, Japanese players have traditionally not had a lot of success when they are east of the Mississippi. Hmm. That would be a, you know, a a guy that the Dodgers would certainly be interested in, and he would fit that team like a glove. Yeah. So when you talk, what about I'm, the Giants? The Giants don't have a the Giants. Yeah, the Giants just traded Darren Ruff. The Giants are weird. The Giants are one of those teams don't have a lot of superstars, but somehow you look up, they won 107 games last year. Yeah. Yeah, they're struggling a little bit this year, but. They are just one of those weird teams that just, when you look up at the end of the year, you're like, how did they get that close? Well, well I they, think they're not a, why aren't they a factor? They, and, they seem to be good. You like, know, and, and, you know, Hacker pointed out, making deals at the deadline, if you're a contender for the World Series, you make a deal. Yeah. Because what you're getting is a player that you're only going to have for a short period of time, and you're going to have to give up, you're going to have to play probably plus market value to get him. Mm-hmm. So if the Dodgers think they've got enough, and they do, I mean, they've got a great pitching staff. They got offense coming out of you know everywhere. If they think they can go get an Otani next year, all right. I mean, you, maybe you wait. The Shohei, you know, how'd you like to have Shohei, Kershaw, Walker, Bueller, and you know the list of all stars that they have? Right. That that go over okay. Okay. Uh, here's another thing going on, and we 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 alluded to this uh, earlier. And uh, I'm again, I will uh, be perfectly. Happy to, uh, oh, by the way, Corey is switching from a Red Sox fan to a Padres fan, he says on Twitter. Oh, come on! Until they, uh, until, until the, uh, GM is gone there in Boston. All right. So you saw the story. I saw the story. We all saw the story. And again, I will be perfectly honest with you. I'm coming at this from a place of ignorance. I do not know how these consortiums or these conservatories or whatever these things are, these NIL things, like, I don't know how they work. I'm not that bright. I need it explained to me in simple terms. Like earlier, you're like, hey, Quinn Ewer's got a BMW or whatever it was. Okay, that makes sense. He's a quarterback at Texas. He gets a car. Makes sense. But I don't understand how you sign an NIL deal with a nonprofit. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not judging it. I just don't understand how it works. And I saw in the release that last year, J.D. Note helped raise $50,000 for some sort of, um, or for one of these uh, Good Samaritan house or something like that. So, like, how does that work? Like, does he get $50? Does he get most of it? Like, I don't, I don't know what this is or how this works. And I think a lot of people also don't know, but they're afraid to say anything about it because they don't want to be picked on. It's like, hey, they're trying to do a good thing here. Leave them alone. That's fine, and maybe, and they are, I'm sure. But I, I'm coming to you in a moment of true honesty. I don't know how any of this, you know, collective stuff works in NIL. Do you? I, I compare it to when an when an athlete starts a foundation. Okay, we're moving money around for tax purposes. <laughs> it feels like what we're doing. That what we're doing? No, that's what a foundation does. Okay, that's I what mean, a foundation you're funneling does. money okay, through right. a, um, a a foundation for for per, right. for tax purposes. This when okay, let take the JD Note thing. You got to look at it in a couple of different parts. One, what did you see when they they tweet the thing out? JD Note raised how much? Fifty. Fifty grand right, last so year. Let's let's say it's fifty grand. JD Note raised fifty thousand dollars. What did you see? You saw JD Note fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You're winning the social media war. Mm-hmm. That's what you're. That's what that does. Now, as far as the the actual money goes, you say not for profit. I know a lot of people that work for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. They get paid. Well, yeah. So I mean, there's expenses. So there sure. is money being exchanged. We're never going to see the details of it. No. We'll never find out how the money Although is. Although if you are a true nonprofit, there will be like tax filings. Like you're a 501c3. Like they, you Somebody have to would file have somewhere. to go do some digging. Right. And he, I'm not saying that anything like, like naughty is going on no, here. No, I just want to understand how it works. Right. Like now, that's all I want to do. It's you know? not the, it, this is not the way that we envision the NIL going, where athlete A goes and sign and does commercials for uh, company B and then gets paid for it. That's not the way that we envisioned this when it first started. This is a creative, more diff- a different way to go do this. Remember we talked about ROI. 
return on investment. Okay, well, the nonprofit goes out, raises some money doing this with J.D. Note. They get their money, they pay him a fee, and away we go. Guys, sometimes stress, anxiety, or a bad day can affect performance and ruin a fun night. But BlueChew.com is here to the rescue. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is really simple. You go to bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. And you don't have any pills to swallow. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than the pharmacy. Here is the special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Believe at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive your first month for free. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Anaheim, are they the Anaheim Angels of Anaheim or the sure. Los Angeles Angels? Whatever As Chris are. Berman used to call them, San Juan Capistrano. Right. <laughs> they favorite. have uh, shipped Noah Syndergaard to the Philadelphia Phillies for a box of, I don't even know anymore. A then, box of hammers. Yes. Uh, no, the hammers are expensive. Oh, okay. Then. Box of nails. The Yankees continue to unload all of their dead weight. That's right. They got rid of uh, left-handed starter Jordan Montgomery, who the Red Sox loved because he oh. throws the ball very straight. That's right. And over the middle of and the plate. And over the middle of the plate at a slow rate of speed. That's correct. Uh, he is heading to St. Louis for Harrison Bader. I don't like that move. I like Bader. I would have kept Bader. Bader's, in, Louis. Bader's injured. However, okay, well. in in the course of 24 hours, or I guess maybe, let's say a week, the Yankees went from having an outfield where Giancarlo Stanton, so, Crystal Chandelier is out in left field, Aaron Hicks is in center field, Judge is in right. Now it's Judge in right. Bader will eventually be the center fielder. Ben Intendi in left, and Giancarlo's back to DH. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. So the Yankees would rather have a player who's hurt. Then an able-bodied player, yes. Jordan Montgomery. What does that tell you? They do not like, they're not a fan. He throws the ball very straight. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that is, uh, uh. that's the news of the moment. And uh, I think you're more upset that the Yankees are getting better the than the are, Red Sox are getting Yankees worse. The Yankees are getting better by getting rid of guys. That's right. The old addition by subtraction. They thing. got rid of Joey Gallo yeah. and uh, Jerry Callow. They got rid of Joey Gallo. And Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Two guys that I love to see, one at the plate, one on the mound. Those were yeah. good things. Yeah. Meanwhile. Now, the, the Cardinals have also got uh, Jose Quintana. He's good. Okay. He's good. So he's going to be the guy that they rely on here down the stretch, yeah, right? I mean, he's functional. He's he's yeah. not bad. And the Phillies, who are you are looking up at currently in the wild card, if you are a Cardinal fan, have solidified... Their chances here. They got Syndergaard. They they made a, you, they made a couple other. How you like as well. a three game set with Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Noah Syndergaard going for the Phils, yeah. and then Degrom, Scherzer, and I'll say Marcus Stroman. I have no idea who the Mets are running out there as a third, but he's probably pretty right. good. Um, golly, I'd watch that. That would be if the Mets fall to the three seed. I'm just saying. I mean, but, a, yeah. a series with yeah. those guys, the East is going to be a dogfight. And you poor Atlanta Braves fans, and I know there's some of you around here. Because you watch TBS as a kid, Braves got to do something. No, you got to do something. You got to do it now. Hey, uh, Whit Merrifield, 
uh, oh, did the, they trade un- him? the unvaccinated one has been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, according to Jeff Bassett. Wouldn't so that I believe go against- he'll be getting the uh, the shot now. I was going to say, wouldn't that go against... Uh, you know, well, what- he said he would be... He basically said, I'm not doing it for these scrubs, but if I'm traded to a contender, I'll do it. Which is a really uh, interesting um, uh, line that- to draw. No. On on that, it's like I'm not doing it for the Royals because they stink. But if I'm traded to a contender, yeah, I'll, I'll get the shot just like Ben Intendi did. He's been an All Star before. Whit Merrifield's a good player, and for him to go to Toronto, Toronto's one of those teams. I mean, they are loaded, right? Well, it's you know, I think that this format, and I'm not crazy about this new format, but I think what it's done is the GMs think, hey, if I do this move. I can win a two out of three because three through six have to play that two out of three yep. series before the uh, the league division series. So I think that that has enticed some people to go, oh, we can win two out of three. And then, you know, we get into a best of five against uh, someone else. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll take our chances there. It's it's the, the halves loading up to make a run at this. I mean, take a team like Minnesota leading the, the AL Central. That's a that's a winnable division. I mean, the Sox and the uh, the Guardians are kind of hanging around, but they made one minor deal with the Orioles. The Orioles were interesting. Traded their closer today. I mean, they're above five hundred for the Mancini. first time. Yeah, and, tra- and now Trey Mancini. That's that's a guy I think over time they could have afforded to lose because they're so young in so many different positions. Yeah. The Orioles are are young enough that they could probably absorb that, but. I mean, the Twins are sitting there with a chance to make the playoffs, and they're not doing much. They it's, added a closer. That's about it. No. Yeah. But I think that's the, that that's changed things now because I think the people can realize you know we can get some favor if we win that two out of three. I mean maybe we won't win the series or maybe we'll use that and springboard our way into you know winning a few more series. So I think people are like, well, if I make move X Y Z, oh we can win two out of three. Oh we can do that. We can we can it, beat somebody. You two know what out this three. also tells me? Getting rid of Syndergaard, who's making twenty one million dollars this year. It also tells me that they're getting ready to make a run at Otani. The Angels are. Yeah, I mean like to keep him. I mean, by unloading a twenty-one million dollars salary. Why would, why would they do that? They're not gonna. They're not. They're not doing anything there. It, it, no, no. I'm talking about re-signing him to a to a long-term deal. Right, but that's not in the best interest for him because no, it's not the best interest. He's for him, never no. gonna be on a contender there. He needs to be. They need. I don't know how they do this. They need to figure out a way to stack the deck. Where player more players that come along like Otani and Trout are on good teams, and they don't waste their hey, this life. This isn't the NBA. That, that's exactly what they need to do. Say what you want about the NBA, but the good the stars end up on good teams, <laughs> and we get to see them play. They, they do. You know, they they nobody they, any good is on the Sacramento Kings because they're not a contender. Hey, Buddy Hield is still there. Okay, he's all right, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know, I know what you're saying. Yes, let's uh, talk to Eric. In Viola. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. You're going to have to talk me off the ledge. I'm very upset about this St. Louis trade. Okay. Which one? Bader was, okay. Bader was my favorite player on the team. and I mean, the reason they suck right now somewhat is because he's not playing center field for them. He was like the spark plug that kept them all going. And, I mean, he was he reminded me of the players back in the 80s. I'm, I'm not happy about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I obviously have some distance on all of this because I'm not really a, a, a Cardinal fan, so I've, I've got a little bit of a different lens on this. But I, I wouldn't have made. I wouldn't have made this move if I'm the Cardinals. Okay, I wouldn't have but, made this. Okay, move. so they are. It, it, it. Correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know the Cardinals better than I do. But if they can afford to trade one position group, it's the outfield. They've got like two too many. They've, they've got guys that they can, if if Bader was the guy the Yankees wanted. Now, why you traded for Jordan Montgomery, that I can't explain. Unless you got something, unless you're, the Yankees are willing to eat part of his salary. And it's just, you know, financially, it's a good deal. But they're loaded in the outfield. They've got enough guys. Uh, Tyler O'Neill's out there. Uh, Dylan Carlson, the guy they wouldn't part with. I mean, that's another one out there. They've got dudes in the outfield that they can play with. And and I don't, I have no idea what they've got coming through the, through the system. So Bader was one of those guys you probably part with, but Jordan Montgomery, you yeah. can do better than that. Uh, I know, I know. You know, Hacker pointed out he's a Cardinal fan that Matt and Flaherty are on the the IL. That going and getting a guy like Jordan Montgomery tells me one of those guys is not coming back. Right. I saw another thing fly in here that the Cardinals were into running for Rich Hill. 
Rich Hill. Rich Hill's in Boston. <laughs> Rich Hill's 44 years old. What are you doing? That's going to save you? Are they trying to have the oldest pitching staff in no, but, the but, game? but it depends on what you're going to do with him. If he's a situational lefty, he's still pretty effective. You don't want to trot him out there every five days right? like the Red Sox do. But if you can put him in the, in your bullpen, like you said, they need bullpen help, and yeah. left-handed arms are hard to find. That's right, yeah. Another note coming in here. You know, the deadline happened nine minutes ago, so oh, a lot of fast God, and furious no. stuff here. Uh, Cubs fans, Contreras and Hap are not going anywhere, Whoa. according to Passon. Yeah. Oh, wow. According to Passon and Ken Rosenthal. Wow, that's big. Because so Contreras was hugging everybody. I know. He thought he was leaving, ago. and now they're, they're, they're staying put. So wow. they, the Cubs couldn't get any uh, couldn't get a deal done for those guys because you, you talked about uh, – you thought Contreras was going to be on the move. Yeah. But, uh, he is staying with the Cubs. You know that uh, that trade that you talked about with, with Merrifield going to, to the Blue Jays? Yeah. The uh, the Royals got a guy named Samad Taylor. Fast. Yeah. Same position, second base. Fast. Okay. I don't know if he can hit real well, but that okay. dude is fast. Yeah. And while we're doing all this baseball, we haven't yeah. mentioned uh, something that would be really interesting in that um, today the Mariners called up uh, Isaiah Campbell to Double A to Little yep. Rock, so he's going to be in a Travs uniform at some point soon, uh, pitching for the uh, the Travelers. I think they're still the Arkansas Travelers. They I don't are. think they go by Little Rock or whatever. Anyway, that's a. You ever been to a game there? Yeah, yeah. I like I like I like uh, Dick Stevens. So anyway, so the Mets did nothing. The Phillies yeah. got Syndergaard. Yeah. The Braves did nothing. Yeah. Those are your top three in the NL East. Mm-hmm. The Brewers. Traded their closer, picked up a couple of, like an infielder, got Matt Bush from the Rangers. Cardinals didn't do it. They got they got Jordan how, Montgomery. How do you trade your closer? Like, do you have a backup plan well, there? Well, he's also, I believe, I believe somebody checked me on this, but I, I think it's the last year of his deal. And they probably see. Oh, they, so they wanted Yelich. You can't keep all all of your your Corbin. So Burns they're not and all conti- they're not contenders then. Oh, they're contenders now. <laughs> um, Matt Bush is one of those guys that could step in and maybe fill that closer role. They've also got Devin Williams, who is a okay. freak um, and probably a natural closer. So, uh, you know, Hater it had he'd hit some bumps in the road. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. My friend Tyler is correcting me. The Braves got Odorizzi. Excuse me. Okay. Jake Odorizzi is going to be the reason the Braves make the playoffs. Jake Odorizzi sucks. Okay, so your, so your drive home here on Ruskin and Zach, powered by Mr. Sparky. Okay, so another thing. We were talking about this NIL stuff uh, before, and um, I, um, again, I'm coming at this from a place of ignorance, and even the explanation is not totally clear to me because we had someone text in that's with one of these, um, one of these funds, one of these collective deals, and here's the response I got here. Um, the athlete name, image, and likeness raises awareness and increases exposure. Okay? I don't understand what the phrase, in general, not just here, what does the phrase raise awareness mean? Is this a code that I'm missing? No, it just raises their profile a little bit. Raises awareness for this particular uh, institution. Just, But does it raise money? That's the thing. Because we can have awareness all day, but I can't write awareness on the electric bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have cashish here. Is that what happens here? I don't understand. And I've, I've been told, we were, we were talking with somebody during the break, that somebody's working on a story mm-hmm. to try and explain better how all this stuff say works. Say his name. No, I don't want to spoil it because okay. I don't want him, I don't want to give away okay. his all work. Right, that's fair. Well, so someone else could go and do the story sooner and then beat him to the punch. You're I don't right. want to do You're that. Right. Him or her, whoever it may be. So, but it's just, it's, I, I don't, um, well, here's what it looks like. It looks like that the people, well, there's a couple things. One, I don't know how you pay to have season tickets to a Razorback sport and then at the same time also donate to one of these collectives. Because season tickets are not cheap, and they're not going down in price anytime soon. That's your foundation donation situation. And then you got to throw some stuff over here to these all these other funds. And then how do you pick which one? You know, Because there's a lot of them now. So which one is going to what? I wouldn't. It's paralysis by analysis here in some ways. There's not just one. With the Razorback Foundation, it's easy. I want tickets. I give to them. Simple. Done. But with all these collectives and things, now there's there there's a few that have popped up, and 
which one do I give this one to and how much do I give? It's very confusing, it seems like to me. So you've got to, most people, I think, will, if you're in the season ticket business, and a lot of people that we talk to don't have season tickets, can't do it, mm. just can't afford it. Nothing wrong with that. But some people will have to make a choice. Am I going to have tickets? Or am I going to give money that is makes its way towards the players? What am I going to do? Because most people can't do both. They're, they're, so what are you going to do? They're also not targeting you and me. No, no, I understand they're, they're, they're that. They're targeting other they're people. They're going for whales. Right. I get that. I get that. And that's the, but there's, but in this state, there's more people like you and me than, than whales. True, so that, that's, that they've got to be mindful of that. Another thing I think is that in the, in the first year, as we've seen all the stories about players getting cars and all these lucrative deals making millions of dollars, the powers that be have said, look, we can't we can't run in, on that court. We can't we can't play that game. We can't play that game. So how do we create something like you said, where you see you win on social media? That's where you're going to win, and that's where they are winning. They're winning on social media with nil. I don't think anybody's getting rich off this stuff. The, the, any of the players, but they're winning in the Twitter world. And you're 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 winning with your people. Yes. It's it's a kind of a hey we're doing all of this this stuff you know we're active just like everybody else and that's that's kind of where you are with all of it it's the idea nil deals are are nebulous at best um, the the money trail will be interesting to follow and you know somebody's going to go back somebody in fifteen years is going to go back and look at all of this and start tr- you know tracing all of the money and how it works and how it flows and and you know how many hands does it pass through and that's that's uh that that's kind of how this is going to work in time. Right now, it is the wild wild west. By the way, the Braves just got Rysel Iglesias. Okay, he is the closer for the Angels. He's good. PJ just pointed out mm-hmm. the Cardinals have traded for Tim Wakefield. Oh, so is he still alive? I don't awesome. Know. And Jamie Moyer too. They've also signed Jamie Moyer and Tim Wakefield. To, Both in uh, their sixties. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Go get Nolan Ryan while you're at it. At least we get the Ryan Express. Yeah, well, we're starting but, to get all the deadline deals that are now. Yeah, they're, they're all trickling. Yep. In. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's like, are we, so this, the way this is going is we're going to win. It looks like we're winning on social media, but we're not actually going to make like, here's the example. We're going to give an NIL deal to an entire team. Cool. That looks awesome on social media. Does. How much money did every softball player get though? Do we know that? No. Cause I mean, they could have all gotten like 200 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Don't get me wrong, but I want to. I just want to know. I want to feel good about the fact that the presentation, which is very high, that the reality gets close to that. You know, like I don't want to come back in five years and find out that hey, okay, when we so, said we gave everybody money, we were actually giving everybody you know a five hundred dollar well, Amazon gift okay. card. Okay, we use a softball team. They signed a uh, they signed an NIL deal with a car dealer down mm-hmm. in Central Arkansas. All yes. right. So, what is the dra- the the capital that that particular announcement and that particular post means for the softball program? What does that mean? There's there's Hang in on. terms of social media, there's no downside to no, this. It's it's it is. Recruiting capital. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're doing this for you. Yep. We're not going to, you know, we're, no kid at the age of 17 is going, well, how much How much are we actually going to get? Or at least most of them won't. No. But it's it's recruiting capital. It is social media capital. It is advertising. We're doing this. No, that's right. Texas, yeah. I mean, what have we heard out of the University of Texas? We heard about Ewers car. We heard about Bijan Jackson getting a deal with Lamborghini. Anybody heard anything else out of Texas? No. Not really. And we know that everybody A and M is making a bunch of money, supposedly too. We think. Well, that's what we. Yeah. But there, there isn't a lot of. The, the I the, I mean, who's the person that scares you the most in the bar? The quiet one, the ones that aren't saying a word. Uh-huh. They're the ones that scare you the most. Uh-huh. There are a lot of big name schools that just aren't putting out a lot of information about this stuff. Right. You know, you get a you get a drip here, a drip there. I mean. This well, is this is different, but we, the capital is in the recruiting we, pitch. Well, hey, we can do this for you. They have to win with optics because we. I mean, this was all laid out to us at media days. Alabama's football team had more NIL money than all of Arkansas's athletic department. So 
you know you can't win on that field, but all these other fields are open where you can where you can win optically, and that's what that's what they're going for is to win the PR battle, to win with optics, to win on social media, because a lot of people look pretty fancy and awesome on social media. It's real easy to look rich and clean on Instagram. Hey, how many people do we know that look like they go on vacation all the time? Because they're posting pictures year-round. They're going to win. They're trying to win, and they are winning on that field. And what do we envy? We envy them because that's all we see. That's right. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. You're right. I mean, it's an optical illusion at times. At times. Now, these kids are getting something out of this. Yes. Absolutely. But for the from the optics standpoint, the recruiting benefits of this are massive. Right. And here's a phrase that I'm tired of that gets thrown around by the have-nots in college sports. Well, we're doing NIL the way it was intended God, to be done. It. Yeah. Tell me you're rich. You're not rich by not telling me you're you're not rich. NIL. You know what this really is? Here's what. It, here's how NIL was really intended. Okay. The way it was really intended. Why, uh, you know, um, uh, O'Bannon and all those people, uh, you know, uh, um, <laughs> did, did all this. They want the TV money. That's what they want. Like, if we're going to really, if we're going to have an honest conversation about NIL doing it the right way, the players want a piece of the billion-dollar contracts that these uh, these conferences well, originally get. they what and you go back to the O'Bannon deal. Originally, what they wanted was a piece of the sixty million dollars. That EA Sports made off right. of the, the the college football right. games right. and the college basketball games, and what they found out was well when they when EA went to pay it, there's 130 guys in the game, so now you're breaking up the settlement right, over, right. over 130. Right. Everybody got like everybody 80 got bucks, like 13 bucks. That's I think right. I, I, I have a friend of mine that was in the game, and he got like 13.27. Is yeah. was was the check? Right. He still has it framed on his wallet because he won't cash it. <laughs> but now you're right. Now I think they've got a you know the athletes have got a better idea of how much money is really out there. Remember, a couple of years ago, Northwestern went to unionize. And they went, nah, can't do that. I wonder now that the Supreme Court has told the NCAA that your business model is illegal, could the athletes unionize? And if you do, then then things are going to get really interesting. Right. NIL was not designed for any of this. Handing out cars, you know, being part of uh, charitable things or whatever. It's all nice. NIL was... uh, the, the NCAA was was effectively blown up by the Supreme Court last year because the players want part of the broadcast mm-hmm. rights money. That, that, that's where the money is. The billion dollars that college sports has become is from television money. That's where the money has come from, and they want some of that. This is what they envisioned when the NIL deal was first turned loose. You remember the kid, uh, DeColdis Crawford, the wide receiver committed to Nebraska. Right. He is doing uh, commercials for a heating and air company in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right. That's what they envisioned was, okay, here's a kid. He's got a cool name. He's with a heating and air company. Yeah. We're going to give him a couple shackles just for the just for the trouble. What they didn't envision was C.J. Stroud driving around in a McLaren Mercedes. That's <laughs> that's when this thing got out of hand. Yeah. yeah. That's a $700,000 car. Right. And you're can't uh, – look – I, my daughter's going to turn 18 in a few months. I won't give her a car worth $1,000. A couple of years. Sorry, misspoke. A couple of months. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Forgot to tell you. I got another, no, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm not going to hand her, I'm not gonna hand her a th- $1,000 car, let alone a $700,000 car. Hey, that'd be fun to look up. What car could you get for $1,000 in 2022? Probably the one that ran you off the road. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or tried to run me off the road. DQ, you're white as a ghost. I swear, Kinsey's 11 and she's the only one. All right. I want to look up what what car you could get for a thousand bucks during the break. I'm going to look into that. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.